Welcome, everybody. It's draft politics. It's Chicago. It's cold outside. It's December. And it's EJ welcoming you to episode 103. And with me, as always, it's Steve. Yes, we're here at uh, Beguile Brewing, uh, one of the closer spots to where I live, and uh, enjoying our beers. Wanted to just have a quick reminder that Metropolitan is still open at this point. So if you haven't gotten out there to say uh, goodbye to them, make sure you do that. But uh, that is not where we are today. So, uh, yeah. Um, So we're saying a little bit of a goodbye to Metropolitan, which I feel like leads us into the next segment, which is goodbye to people who were in politics and famous for being in politics. I don't know. If if this were the 1990s, uh, the R&B group Boys to Men... Would show up out of nowhere. Right, exactly. And start saying, singing their famous hit, It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. To yesterday. So the top two on the list... Uh, I'll let you choose which one to go first because it's going to be a, a completely um, different vibe. Should we vibe, talk about uh, well-known uh, napalm advocate uh, Kissinger? Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should. <laughs> I mean, Henry Kissinger has now died at age of one thousand. Yeah, it was a hundred, literally a hundred. Yeah, um, and and shout out to the Onion for the best headline I saw about this because they're the ones who came with the napalm advocate line. Uh, yeah. Good old onion. You might say he has a mixed record. You might say he's a war criminal. Hard to say. Complicated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it is an interesting thing about Henry Kissinger, and I, I've read that huge biography of him, that anybody who studied political science in the last 35, 40 years has undoubtedly studied the policies that were pushed forward by Henry Kissinger, and it's hard to deny the influence he's had. For sure. But it seems like none of it has been positive. Right. right. Like, Newt Gingrich has had a lot of influence, too. Yeah, it's true. It's not been good. That's not what we're looking for. <laughs> I, I had a former colleague on the day of Kissinger's death who posted a selfie he took with Kissinger in 2017. <laughs> On the Acela. When he was 95. Yeah, exactly. Spry. But <laughs> on the Acela between Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia. Right. And he said that Kissinger was there, and he's, he's in you know suspenders and a tie, and he said, I just came from the White House. The president called me. I was in the hospital. So I got up. I put on a suit. I went to D.C., and now I'm going back to the hospital. Yeah. Because when the president calls you, you respond. Okay. And I'm like, oh. And oh. you ride Amtrak. Amtrak for all your <laughs> Amtrak. train transportation needs I mean, in the United States. Look, if you've what not, else is your choice? If you've not <laughs> been between D.C. and Philly, the Acela is the way to go. Oh, I'm yeah. just saying. It's very convenient. I have to say, there's probably uh, something to be said for just like going and riding the Acela in the Northeast and just... Looking for political people to run into. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll definitely run into Biden. We know that. I mean, probably not right now because Secret Service would just be a hassle. They'd have to, like, take over the whole train, you know. Probably. Besides, probably. DC to Delaware is not even that long of a ride. 
no, 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 no. He's got better ways to go. But for anybody else, um, anyway, so uh, really not going to miss you, Henry Kissinger. No, do not um, let the door hit ho- you in the ass. Yes, exactly. Hopefully people learn the right lessons. Yes. Which is don't do that. If Henry Kissinger did it, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, next, on the kind of very sad notes. Yes. Uh, Rosalind Carter, uh, wife of uh, former President Jimmy Carter, uh, passed away. Um, and there was a there was a bit about you know Jimmy Carter who is who has in, been in hospice. She had recently gone into hospice. He had been in hospice for some time, um, and you know coming out you know as part of that and you know to honor you know honoring her passing. Um, and and here's where Steve's going to get to be a bummer for a moment because hospice is a thing that I think people need to be more like I feel like people tend to wait until like. They've suffered a lot before they get into hospice, and and you, and there's a better time to do that. I'm not saying it well right now, but like, I think Jimmy Carter is a really great example in many ways to, to live your life by, and um, you know, kind of the way he's approached the end of his life, I think, is another good example of that. So yeah. that was much better said than where I started. So I'm just gonna go with that, and I'll keep the rest in because I'm just don't feel like I'm bothering to edit it. So yeah. go on. So Steve's hospice, hospice advice: go hospice early. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we're hearing from I'm, you. I'm over there right now. No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. I don't know, man. Comfort care. I'm going to go comfort care for the rest of my life. Um, but I think that... I think that Just keep drinking uh, my 9% stout. And call it <laughs> exactly. Good. Uh, but it was really sad. Uh, you know, it's a marriage that's lasted over 70 years. Um, she died at age 96. Um, and obviously... Uh, Former President Jimmy Carter still alive at ninety nine. Yeah. Um, at the the funeral, uh, Jimmy Carter's grandson <laughs> got up there and said, "Secretary Clinton, Doctor Biden, thank you for bringing your husbands to this event." <laughs> That's great. Which I really, really appreciated. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, maybe give some money to Habitat for Humanity this week. Uh, in That's in remembrance of, of the Carters, uh, even though Jimmy Carter's still here. Uh, and then, in less deathy goodbyes, uh, 35 people so far uh, who are currently or just recently in Congress are not going to be there in the next session. Yes, yes. Um, um, so yeah, so, it's a huge uh, list. You may be familiar with uh, this guy, Kevin McCarthy, who is previously uh, Speaker of the House, as it turns out, uh, briefly. Uh, Not so you'd notice. Was it the briefest in history? I don't know. It was. I feel like it's got to be close. It, I, I think it was six cabbages or 9.4 scaramucci's. And probably some guy who died of the flu in like 1883. Yeah, nice. But, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was not long. He was the only speaker ever removed from the speakership. Yes. That's for sure. Yes. Um, and so he's decided, he said he's out by the end of the year. Right. Like, not even staying around. Like, what? I don't understand where he's going to go. Not that I care. Go get a job at the Bulwark? No, that. <laughs> nice. Uh, and also, his immediate successor. And I know you're thinking, I mean, I, I, I mean, uh, Mike Johnson, but I do not mean Mike Johnson. I mean, uh, McHenry who was the temporary Speaker of the House, or Speaker Pro Tem, uh, for a while. Uh, He's announced that he and his bow ties are not coming back. 
uh, because things are broken, he says. And nothing says we're here to work for America like things are broken and I'm not coming back because I don't want to fix them. <laughs> um, also included that is Congressman Buck from Colorado, who yep. is, I mean, understand that, you know, especially Buck, he is. He's not some moderate Republican who's like, <laughs> no. boy, things have moved too far <laughs> to the right for me, and I'm out. He's right. like, he is all the way over to the right. Right. Whatever. Like it's, like, it's like, I'm really far to the right, but I feel like we should still have elections periodically. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, that was essentially his thing, right? Yeah. He said, like, we're lying to the American people. There was no election fraud. Like, Joe Biden won the election. There was, right. Just stop being idiots. Like, they're... Um, and so he's going to stop hanging out with those idiots in Washington, evidently. Um, but that is really telling to me. Again, it's not like it's not like moderate Republicans leaving. It is folks that I didn't want to be in Congress anyway. Yes. But then leave like, and are saying pretty reasonable things. And you're like, shit. Yeah. Disaster versus literal actual fascists. <laughs> so... Yeah, so he's gone. Um, Joe Manchin, uh, and and while I, on some level, want to just say, don't let the door hit you in the ass, Joe Manchin, um, you know whatever replaces him is going to be worse, because it's most likely going to be a Republican, and it's probably going to be a really horrible one. So, uh, it, They, too, will probably work for the coal industry. <laughs> work for coal industry, and also will be one of the actual fascists. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's going to be interesting in that race and i and i think once we get um you know into 2024 i know there are some some pretty progressive and but populist democrats that have been trying to move up the ladder there in in west virginia who could be very popular i mean um i'm not ruling it out right i mean he won his last election six years ago in a climate that was not good for democrats and yes incumbency means something but you know, tell that to Claire McCaskill. Ah, yes, right. Uh, I am ruling it out. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so Steve, ruling it out. <laughs> and Speaking of ruled out. <laughs> George Santos, if that's your real name. <laughs> exactly. Um, who is my favorite part of all of this? Well, so there's two things. Uh, what's your favorite part of this? Cause I, I mean, I think my favorite part was him uh, finishing... Uh, the wrap of the uh, filming for Napoleon before coming back to be voted out. Right, right. Was yes. that your... <laughs> <laughs> so, well, two things. One was uh, in the conversations in, in Congress around all of this is, I forget the guy's name, but one of the Republicans uh, was coming out in favor of voting to get rid of Santos and was saying, not only did Santos steal his credit card information to uh, yeah. to charge for his campaign, but stole his mom's information. Yeah. So basically, I'm assuming what happened was they both donated to Santos's campaign, and then Santos's campaign said, cool, we've got these credit card numbers, let's rock. And uh, yeah. So when even the Republicans are like, this dude is a skeevy guy and we need to get rid of him. You know it's bad. Well, but the the really interesting thing about that is that some people said the same thing. Yes, he stole from me, but you know we we do a lot of kind of crazy things here. So maybe <laughs> right. maybe it's fine. It was Michael Lawler who okay. said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was re- it was uh, Representative Lawler from yeah. U.S. House District Seventeen. 
please do not think that I knew what district he was from. That's but. why we have search engines, everybody. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's the Google. So, I, And I, my other favorite thing. My other favorite okay, thing. yeah, yeah. Santos is raising money using Cameo right now. <laughs> yes. And if you're not familiar with Cameo, that's a thing where you pay somebody money to send, uh, to make a video on your behalf and say, you know, send a nice birthday greeting to your friend who's a fan of George Santos or whatever. Um, Fetterman or, or his social media team who are geniuses uh, had Santos record a video sent to Menendez telling him to resign. <laughs> and we're talking obviously about Senator Fe- Fetterman and Senator, Senator Menendez, Menendez, uh, Menendez who, from who New should Jersey. Resign. Yes, he should. He has been, uh, I don't know, he's got gold bars stored someplace. I, I, yeah, it is amazing. Let's see. So, uh, George Santos, how much do you think he's charging for a message? Uh, I know the answer is $200. Unless it changed. I don't well, know, man. It looks like it was 200 It looks like $20. I'm on Cameo right now. Oh. I <laughs> wow, the expelled member of Congress from New York City. <laughs> Maybe it's like you pay two hundred for like a different duration. Like, hmm, interesting. I don't know. He's also got the f- his his little sub headline is former congressional quote icon unquote with the nail polish emoji. Okay, okay. You know, we could, we could. Pay George Santos to do a promo for our podcast. We could. Uh, but There's actu- one problem with this. We would pay him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's an icon. Um, actually, I, I need to correct myself. Okay. Uh, you can get a message for $20. A personal video is now up to $400. Okay, see, all right. Yeah, that makes much more sense. I mean, like, I can't imagine him lowering the price because that doesn't yeah, feel like Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'd much rather go back to Rod Blagojevich. Um uh, he's still cheaper. He's only a hundred dollars. Oh, that's. Can we get him to tell? Can we get him to say draft politics is fucking golden? Oh yeah, we could. That's. That would be. I know you got to bleep be, out to quote fucking golden. You got to bleep out uh, I, yes. Rod Blagojevich the, ble- the bleeps yeah, are coming first. So, uh, so the other interesting thing about oh, go ahead. No, no. Over, yeah, I was just going to say, thought. everything's funny about this. Everything's bu- funny about this. Three votes to expel. Third one finally out. But again, there were people who were like, this seems a bit reactionary. We all do the same things. Um, maybe my favorite, actually, parting shot from George Santos currently has been the um, essentially accusing a bunch of members of Congress of being closeted gays. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, were like he lashed out at the one guy for, yeah. for being a wife beater. On the other hand, there's actually evidence of that sort of thing for that guy. So, so like, it's all you're hiding in the shadows while I'm a proud gay man. Like, yeah, oh, oh, it's, it's, okay, it's, George it's, uh, Santos. Yeah, it's uh, to you. Yeah, please keep it up. Please yeah. keep it up. And now there's yeah. going to be a special election in New York to replace him. And yeah, I don't. Do we know when that's going to happen? Uh, I don't think we know yet. I don't okay. think it's not important unless you're in New York, and in which case you should find out. But we'll probably know more uh, mm-hmm. shortly about that. So that's okay. Um, I have an important goodbye. Goodbye to my beer, for it is gone now, and I need a new beer. I only got a 10-ounce port in my defense, so uh, that is why I'm out so quickly into our podcast. Uh, so I'm going to do that. So another really interesting and disturbing thing that happened this 
in these last couple of weeks that I think we need to call out is uh, the arrest uh, of one Manuel Roja, who was in the State Department uh, for 40 years, all the way up to ambassador. Um, he was evidently recruited as a spy by Cuba in 1973. Yeah. My comment to EJ when he put this in here was, 1957 <laughs> called and wants its headline. I know. It's, it, was, <laughs> it was astounding to me and he like, oh, they've, Merrick Garland's, Merrick Garland, the, the attorney general is announcing an arrest of somebody. You're like, well, that's a big deal. I'm like, oh, it's for spying. Wow. Cuba. But wait, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like spying. Like, what did Trump do? Oh, oh, wait, what? Wait, oh. there was, was some dude that was, wait, recruited in the 70s? Um, I, and, and there were two. I wonder things. how he got caught. Do you know how he got I, caught? Well, this is the thing that gets me. I'm like. How long ago? I mean, he's clearly not doing anything now. He doesn't have access to classified material, anything. Right. So, like, did they just get around to it? <laughs> just like this, just this dusty box of like spies that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like oh, there's I'm, one. I'm just picturing an intern at the FBI, right? right? Who's just like they they don't like them. They just throw him down into the basement like the dude in office space with a red stapler. He's like, I'm just going to go through this box of spy stuff. And like starts flipping through and is like, oh, here's all this evidence. We should indict this guy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, you're right. It was all right here all along. I don't, I don't. Um, but also, that's a long time to be spying. It is. It is. Uh, that just seems like such a stressful life to me. Like, <laughs> like, and I'm somebody who's like, like, I just not a good liar. Like, I like, I, I, I just like, it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't no. be good. <laughs> it is a long time, and then, or maybe I am a good liar, and that's just my. Cover. He's not mm-hmm. a spring chicken, so yeah, uh, that's not going to go well for him. But it's just unbelievable that that just came up now. Um, yeah, because he had to have been at least thirty back then. Yeah, you figure. So he's got to be. Yeah. I mean, Anyhow, uh, not yeah. important. He's old. That's the he important part. Is old and wow. I, it, it is just again like that's Joe Biden old, but no. I mean, who <laughs> is <really>? probably <laughs> now that Rosalind Count? Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, I'll see if I can find out how old he is, but it doesn't matter. It's. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, moving 73, on. Seventy three. So he's actually not Biden old. <laughs> See, we were right. There you go. Nobody's that old. Um, just the Carters. So, <laughs> Congress. So let's no just, longer Kissinger. Yeah. Let's <laughs> just let's just always start that Congress, especially on the House side, is just ducked. So you don't have to bleep it out. Um, nothing's getting done. So they're fucked is what you're saying. Yes, quack. So they're trying <laughs> to, you know, maybe pass some funding for things. Uh, that funding's running out for Israel. It's running out for the Ukraine. Uh, they want to do all this stuff with border security. There's really nothing to report on, right? And that's the thing. The news media is like, ah, constantly, what's going on? Like, nobody's doing anything because nobody right. wants to do anything because... It is such. There's a certainly not a majority mess. of people who want to do something. Right, like that—that's the problem right now. Like, 
there's just too much fragmentation there. Yeah, and part of that is because, you know, even if Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, he says through gritted Mike teeth, Johnson, right, right, <laughs> um, he is really not a good person, as we've said before. Right, but we keep. Learning things about him. <laughs> please, I mean, last please time, elucidate. Yeah, last <laughs> time we were talking about the fact that he doesn't have bank accounts. Totally right. normal. Totally normal. Um, this time, he he's just keeps got, calling Bitcoin, man. It's fine. Yeah, he. We, we've got some good excer- excerpts from his forward of a totally like racist and fascist book. Uh, then he's. We've got his quote that says essentially. The whole concept of the separation of church and state was never meant to exist, and it's actually a, a Christian country at its core, and we should have Christian values, like, totally embraces, embraces that. Yeah. And then he's like, in the name of transparency, we're going to release all 4,000 hours of tapes from the, the insurrection, but we're going to go ahead and blur out faces so that the Department of Justice can't arrest these people and here's what's kind of hilarious to me about this is that as though there's like only one copy of like it's like it's a vhs and they have to like 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 do they just get to say like the doj only gets this particular copy like i don't feel like that that's a thing well but i think it's it's also been a lot of the public looking at yeah Looking at the tapes and tapes, ladies and gentlemen, there's not a single fucking <laughs> tape. It's, it's all Betamax, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all on mini disc. It's a disc. superior technology. It's, I, I, <laughs> it's all on mini disc. Um, <laughs> so it's laser disc. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting there flipping, o- flipping over after 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm old. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I had a laser displayer. So me too. Me too. The idea though is that, you know, individual in the individuals in the public couldn't, you know, out their their neighbors. I I honestly don't know. I I don't know how you could both say I stand for the rule of law and then say we're going to release these and then blur faces out so that Oh, 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 I know. You're a hypocrite. Uh uh oh. Oh, hadn't that hadn't occurred to me. That hadn't occurred to me. And and again, I think it seems pointless because the Department of Justice has all of the tapes and has exactly. had them for a while. Like um, the only thing this ultimately prevents is some random citizen coming in, looking at the tapes and being like, that's my next-door neighbor. You should arrest yeah. him. Like, but, I think they pretty much got all the... I mean, nobody nobody really needed to point out the uh, the guy and the, the, like, what they were, like the moose helmet and spear and whatever he was doing. The I forget his name now or his nickname. The QAnon shaman. Yes, exactly. They figured that one out pretty quick. (laughs) They blurred his face out, but like, no, that's that's Dave down the street with the big hat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But there there are two things about this. One is, (coughs) if it was all, you know, provocateurs or maybe Antifa that started this. Or government agents, then wouldn't you want to have them non-blurred out so people could identify them? Right. Let's find all the Antifa people and go after them because they are bringing communism to our country. That's one thing. The other thing is, 
if you intentionally destroy evidence in hindrance of criminal cases, that it feels to me like, at the very least, spoilation of evidence or obstruction of justice. Right. I don't. I, I just. It just yeah, I don't know where away. the border is on obstruction of justice because, like, if it's like you're preventing people from seeing video that might, but they're not. But if you say your express intent is yeah. to stop, yeah, law enforcement from finding the truth. That's in true. what you know is an ongoing investigation. I think you should arrest them all. But I'm part of the deep Every state, person you know. with a blurry face in the U.S. should get arrested. That's, I think, what <laughs> well, you're saying. Well, I should stop drinking this Christmas ale then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, of course, what they are spending their time on is performance, just performative theater. Yes. Um, mostly around is investigations. Is there a non-performative theater? You've never been to my theater. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which has no audience. And so I know. It's not, it's not, not very good. I'll we do not perform <laughs> for anyone. So then we've got these investigations that are all about the Bidens, baby. Yes. Um, on one hand, you've got the Hunter stuff. And I don't, know, I don't know if this is good or bad strategy, but Hunter Biden's attorneys are going full force, right? They're trying to subpoena Trump. And bar, why not? And they've also said, happy to come in and testify publicly. Yeah. And the Republicans who had said before, we want them to come in and testify, and you testify publicly. Let's bring them in. Come on. Now they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Got to be private. Got to be behind closed doors. Like, and here's the thing. Like, private, testifying in private makes perfect sense if you're going to be asking questions that are of a sensitive nature to national security. Or something like that, where it's like, okay, like we don't want the public to be hearing this because, like, I can't tell you about these 12 spies that are all related to whatever right. we're talking about. None of that is in play here. We're talking about what is on his laptop. And I would think, from the, the Republicans' perspective, they'd rather have it be public, but yet they don't because they can't spin it if it's in private. So there you go. Exactly. And they just want the truth, man. That's what, that's what they, they just want. want their truth in in that dark room where you can't see yeah. it. And what's really what's I mean, really good about the strategy that, is that it has actually caused division within the Republican Party and has held up those committees because they can't get consensus about what to do. <laughs> you know, I will say in all of this bullshit, the thing that continues to delight me is how like. How he, the Republicans themselves are such a shit show amongst themselves. Like, it's just like they they cannot get shit done because, like, they don't agree because, like, they all have their own weird motivations. And yeah, I don't know. It makes me like, I mean, I suppose I should feel some kinship because Democratic Party has always been fairly divided. So it's like, well, so are they. Maybe. And then there's the whole impeachment thing, which is like, right. You know, every week. They come For up the clear and obvious crimes. Yes. Well, in this week, it was uh, repayment of car loans in the amount of, and this is going to be a big number, so I need to think about it for a second, $4,000. <laughs> <000. laughs> 
And who who repaid this loan? I, it, it doesn't even matter. It's okay. like uh, okay. Okay. Joe Biden like gave his kid four grand, you know, to buy a used oh. Pinto. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, then you know, execute him right now. What? what? And every time, like, I I really want to know how these these Congress people get so psyched up to talk about nothing. I mean, because. They get out there and they've got a huge heart on for whatever nothing they're talking about. Yeah, like how do they do that? How do they get psyched up? It's I, I picture them like in the back, the you know in the green room, like Matthew McConaughey in <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street, like beating on their chest. Right. You know, like <laughs> just getting yeah, my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna go out there and it's gonna be the Biggest deal ever. Just looking in the mirror, like, yeah, this is important. I'm the best. I'm fighting for uh, democracy. Yeah. Except I don't really like democracy. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Just fighting with an eagle in the back <laughs> in the <Right>. green room. <laughs> um, and you know, Mike Johnson had said earlier, like, we're not. This impeachment thing is not. It's not going anywhere. And that. And we don't have the votes. And now he's like, well, we might have the votes to open an official inquiry. And I'm like, do you? I mean, Santos is gone. Uh, Bobert's probably at the, the bar doing lines of coke. Right. And you're like, do you really have enough votes to do anything? Because I think you don't, sir. I think you have no votes to do anything. I mean, part of me, part of me hopes they have the votes. Because I think that would, it would help. Biden's reelection by having these clowns trying to impeach him because I think it would just reinforce what clowns they are but for the but next I mean yeah, but granted, for the next couple months and then it all falls off the I, the I mean I think hole, they're playing the Clinton strategy right so Hillary Clinton they ran investigations she was in front of Congress in 2015 right right like and they're just trying the same playbook but you know the thing of it is it's like the the only reason that worked is because of things being brought up like literal. Well, things being brought up literally at the last minute and misogyny. I want to make sure to throw that in there. But like um, all of this stuff, like if you look at like like Bill Clinton ultimately got more of a boost from impeachment than 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 it hurt him. Um, now, Gore is a separate story, but, you know. It's complicated. Al Gore. Uh, yeah. So he tried to save the planet, and we weren't really into that. So moving on. Moving are we on. moving on? I, are I we think we are this? moving on. We can move on. Uh, we should move on. Um, All right. We can talk about 2024 since you brought that up. Or we can talk about, um, you know, our fun and games trying to be lawyers. Uh, paying so, attention to the quick 2024 the legal thing. Yeah. Did you read that Washington Post article that was basically saying we're all doomed and, and Trump is going to be our forever dictator? Uh, was wh- I'm sorry. Oh, the Washington Post one? Yeah. Now, I saw the Salon one. Oh, was okay. Like, we're did you read, the, Al- did you read the, the Atlantic one or did you kind of fall asleep? Yeah, I don't the, know. We're sleepwalking into a uh, Trump <laughs> dictatorship. Um. I wanted to say that two things. One is that the the hand-wringing and panicking over Trump is going to be our fascist overlord. On the one hand, I'm very exhausted by it, and people need to just, like, 
do the work. Like I feel like it, there's an excuse kind of built in that of like this is inevitable, and we just and we and this is what we got to be, and we got to start planning for the aftermath of it. And like, n- no, you no motherfucker, you do not. You need to f- prevent it. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then I also see people who are all like, don't seem to really acknowledge the danger that's there. And people were having conversations where they're like, yeah, but but Biden disappoints me. Or these certain people who are Democratic politicians say things that I don't agree with. And therefore, I just, you know, I'm not on board with this. I'm not going to support this or whatever. And 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 to be fair, many of those people, when when push comes to shove, are going to throw the lever for Biden. But like Uh, listeners uh, in olden days, when you voted, you would actually there was an actual physical physical lever. lever. Yes. So. Yes. Just like um, when there was an actual physical ring you had to throw your yes, physical hat yes, into. Yes. Now now there's a possibly a touch screen, which is uh, intended to be ADA compliant to make it easy for you to vote. Or or there's um, yeah, you kind of scantron things and you like do the little lines and whatever, yeah. like you're doing your SATs. Uh, I can talk more about that if you'd like, because I'm an election official, sort of, in my volunteer capacity. Anyhow, um, yeah, but I just want to put that out there, like, Take this shit seriously, but don't like assume it's that we're all doomed. Yeah, and, and now, in in fairness, since we're going to talk about twenty twenty four, in a recent town hall, uh, former President Trump did say, when asked about you know the whole talk about fascism, he's yeah, like, yeah. "I would be a dictator on on my first day." Hundred percent. Like, oh, that's funny. Nah, like, the, like, like the Heritage Foundation has like mapped out like we're going to replace civil servants with political appointees. If you want to know how well that went, that's what we did in Iraq. Okay, not a good plan. Yeah, it's called Project Twenty Twenty Five. Yeah, it's called Project Twenty Twenty Five, and it's very explicit about taking people who are you know lifelong government employees who are part of the sort of the system, regardless of who gets elected, and replace them with political appointees. It's not, and it's political appointees who have been vetted by a system created by Oracle to yes. look through your social media posts and your voting records. Yes. Say who's the most loyal. Yes. That should be terrifying. Yes. Um, yeah. And um, I had another great point. It was really great. I don't remember what it It'll was. come back. It'll come back. Existential fear doesn't leave, Steve. <laughs> it's true. I... Believe me, if it did, I would. I would know. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh well. Uh, oh yes, I remember what I was going to say now. Um, Chicago. This is what Chicago politics was for a very long time. This is what it was under Daly, where you got positions in city government because of your connections to the political party. And that is why we had tremendous corruption in the city for a long time, which we'll get back to later on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Had. All right. Go, fair better. enough. Fair enough. But it's getting better. It was more then. It's less now. It is true. It is true. And I don't I, both sides me here, EJ. Yeah, I think that I, I think you're right. The the patronage system, as they described yeah, it, that's really what he wants is a patronage yeah. system. Uh, uh, so, but also him, in oh, yeah, 2024. Yeah. Um. So the Republican field and the next debate is tonight. Oh, is I forgot. Tonight, and so did Republican voters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. But there are only going to be four people on stage now. 
We've got some DeSantis, some Haley, some Vivek Ramaswamy, and Governor Chris Christie. It's a thinning field. It's a thinning field. I mean, we lost Mike Pence. Do, do we care? No. <laughs> um, and recently, uh, governor of one of the Dakotas. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just like the idea of one of the Dakotas. Borgum uh, has dropped out, saying he was proud that he shifted the discussion in the race. And I was like, there, there was a discussion. I don't. Yeah, I what literally don't know what he was talking oh, about. It must have been on Fox News. I'm but, sorry. I didn't tune in. But here's <laughs> the thing. I don't know. Nikki Haley is gaining momentum. I, I think everybody else is, is going to quit. Yeah, I think she is. Is she? I think she is. Okay. And like, here's the Will deal. she win? I think she could. I think she could. Um, we have we have really solid polling. We have really I'm solid sorry. polling that say sixty five percent of people will not vote for Trump. We also have sixty five percent of the general American public. Uh, yes, and I know, I know, I know, uh, I know. Okay. That's not uh, all Republicans. It's uh, not uh, Republican yeah. based. That's not okay. Yeah. Um, but um, we're over-indexing on everything being so far away from the actual elections. Now, we're only 40 days from the Iowa caucuses. Yes. And we're going to learn some things. But, you know, DeSantis is, I don't know. He's spending his, his valuable time debating Gavin Newsom <laughs> on Fox News. Which is even more laughable than anything. Talking about at. where you can poop in California. No shit. So... Good pun. If he were really serious about trying to win Iowa or thought he could win Iowa, he would be there. Or New Hampshire. He's not. Yeah. He's, you know, again, debating Gavin Newsom. It it doesn't even make any sense. And he sucks at it. I mean. And he's terrible at it. I will say it makes sense from a perspective of getting eyeballs that you otherwise would not get. But to your point. He's not very good at debating. He anytime I mean honestly his his challenge as a as a candidate is he seems like a whiny weirdo. In heels. Putting hands. Putting hands. Hey, don't heels or whatever. Like it's fine. He's just putting hands. That's that's where it's like, what what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so we'll get this debate tonight. I, I mean I think Nikki Haley is the only Republican challenger that has a chance. And I had a really interesting conversation. I was in London last week. Weird flex. And I was talking to one of my Australian colleagues who was like, Nikki Haley is awesome. It was really interesting. I mean, he okay. was, he knew a lot about Nikki Haley and he was like, she is awesome. She's like got all these great things. Like, all right. you know, of course, I don't know. I don't know how he aligns in Australia politics, but don't uh, ask. It's a coworker. It's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe my boss. Um, anyway, but well, like liberal is like backwards there. Like they're the more of the conservative. It's very weird. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's like, upside down. I had an down. Australian show up at drinking liberally one time, thinking we were the conservatives, and it was very odd. Yeah, so but we, it was fine. Perfectly lovely person. Of course. It's, I'm so confused. But you know, he was you know very big on Nikki Haley. He's like, oh yeah, seems like she's smart. Kind of has some idea of foreign policy. 
isn't crazy. I'm like, I mean, wow, that that's our bar now. Okay, yeah. To be fair, to be fair, to be fair, um, I think Nikki Haley in a Republican Party that was not crazy would probably not be that bad. Wow, did I have to qualify the hell out of that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, but exactly. like, but she she's in a crazy party, and so she has to be crazy in order to appeal to people. But like, she's by far not the worst. No, I'm just gonna stop talking because like I'm just like, I realize like how many different like. Well, she wouldn't. She, okay, she wouldn't. There would still be democracy. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> but exactly. I will say like, let's say it played out that somehow she beat Trump. That gets real interesting as far as like what happens with Biden because I feel like Biden would actually have much more of a difficult time against Haley. Oh yeah, yeah. Although yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to, we'll have to play that out on some future. Exactly. Uh, we'll just one, ask ChatGPT once she has won the primary. Exactly. Then we'll talk about that. All right. Let's talk about legal craziness because there's a lot of legal craziness, and I, um, I think to be legal craziness. Yeah, which exactly. I find delightful, but go on. You know. As things progress on the legal front, and again, we're not lawyers, and we can tell you all the good legal podcasts to listen to, um, but we keep learning more about what prosecutors across the country know and are doing. Yes. Right? So, you know, we've already seen prosecutors in Michigan, and uh, Deborah Nessel, who's the attorney general, who's amazing, um, you know, prosecuting the fake electors. Uh, we've seen now Arizona, similar things, um, investigations in Nevada. Uh, and one thing that's really interesting, and, and it's not in our, our rundown, and I apologize, yeah. but Kenneth, the big cheese, Chesbro, um, you know, he has to ask the judge to leave Georgia anytime he leaves Georgia. <laughs> and so you get an idea about what he's doing. But where's he going to get cheese curds from, man? Yeah. Wisconsin. But he can't. He has to ask. It. I well, no. But that's the thing. They ship. It's fine. It's essentially he's asking to go to all of these swing states to talk to counsel, etc. That's a that's a real wide. Oh my god! Of, it's doing so much work. So <laughs> to you know the speculation is, and it makes sense that look he's he's going to cooperate everywhere. Yeah, his own lawyer said publicly that he was, you know, essentially saying, "Yeah, he wrote that letter all wrong, and that exposed him to a bunch of things, and he should have put some conditionality in it, but he didn't, and now he's screwed. He's screwed." Yeah. yeah. Um, so all of these places you see, Chesbros is is going on a on a North American tour of whoops. <laughs> The Whoops Tour. Oh, no, I, I saw the Warp Tour. That's right. That was uh, something different. Uh, so, yeah. It, and we also learn about, you know, both parts of the case uh, that Jack Smith is bringing uh, and parts of the defense. So, so go ahead. I mean, what did yeah. we learn about the... So, uh, Jack Smith has been, you know, putting more of what their case is going to be out into the world. And one of the things is talking about how Trump was tweeting... Back in 2012, about this kind of thing. And, and you were like, wait, he wasn't even elected in 2012. That's right. Um, he was talking about 
Obama winning versus uh, Romney, yes? Retire, I know. Yeah, retiring Senator Mitt Romney. Retiring Senator Mitt Romney. Um, it's, it feels like it's, I mean, it was a decade ago, to be fair. But um, anyhow, uh, but it had been tweeting about how the election was rigged and we need to march on D.C. And it's like basically establishing that this is a thing that he's believed for a very long time. And it's an overall pattern of behavior. Right. Now, whether or not you can bring that into trial is another thing. So yeah. the reason we learned all of this is because uh, Jack Smith's team had to file uh, a specific kind of uh, brief uh, in support of this, or a specific kind of motion um, in support of... A brief motion? Uh, it wasn't that brief. Okay. Um, <laughs> True. A specific kind of motion to uh, request that they could bring this into trial. Yes. So we don't know if it's going to be in trial, Yeah. Um, but we will But it gives you a sense of like how they're thinking about this. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and the other thing that's going on is there was a previously unmentioned co-conspirator in all of this um, related to the vote count in Michigan. And so basically what happened was there was a vote count going on in Michigan. Um, people were active. And this is in Detroit where they're yeah. trying to, like, get the vote counted and, and all of that. And there was a basically, if you're familiar with the Brooks Brothers riot uh, from back in the Gore v. Bush days, very similar where there are people counting the votes and they're people saying to stop the vote count and, and all yeah. of that. Apparently, leading up to this, uh, there was a message from an attorney, message from this co-conspirator to an attorney that was supporting the Trump campaign at the uh, TCF Center in Detroit where the vote count was happening, or where, yeah, and yeah. sort of urging those present to riot and obstruct the counting of votes. So that's pretty clear, and I'm also curious who that co-conspirator is, but... Uh, yeah. So don't Rudy let him Giuliani. win, people, because it's going to be... <laughs> right? Uh, and we don't even have anything about Rudy Giuliani, who... Again, I don't even like talking about it because it's sad, but he is so screwed. So screwed. He continues to be screwed. He finds himself screwed in new ways all the time, but none of it with... Uh, on You know, being recorded by Borat. So... <laughs> The other thing that's going on are these 14th Amendment cases. Uh, so trying to disqualify Trump from the ballot. Um, uh, you know, they're in different phases across the country, but the only one that's really close to any kind of resolution is in Colorado. So when we last left this case in Colorado, there was a lower court judge who said, uh, we're not going to keep him off the ballot, um, not because of a matter of, facts so she sort of said yeah it was an insurrection yep he was responsible for it but the law isn't quite clear on whether or not he can be removed from the ballot for it um and it, actually she said it was a tie and the tie should go to the side of letting people on the ballot but now yeah. that's at the colorado supreme court um and what's interesting about that is again when a court rules that the facts are the facts that isn't the thing that gets appealed typically or gets overturned on appeal. So um, the oral arguments for that were today. All right. So hopefully we'll hear pretty soon. But it'll probably go to the Supreme Court of the U.S. either way. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure how I feel about it all. Well, and I think part of the challenge we have is that when you have something that's defined as an amendment but it's not 
also grounded in legislation, it's a yeah. little harder to figure out, like, what does it actually mean? Because, like, if you have a law that says here is a rule, here is the consequences, and we say we're going to judge that based within a constitutional context, it's very specific. Like, okay, yeah. we know how it's going to work out. If it's just the Constitution says don't do that, uh, and so one judge can say, well, what that means is they can run in a primary but can't win in the general. Right. Or another one says they can't be on the ballot at all because then they couldn't be in the general. Some can say that it's, you know, and, 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 and it leaves a lot for interpretation, yeah. which is why uh, Congress why is lost. kind of neat sometimes. Um, can we switch to Florida? I want to talk about Florida. Oh, no, no. Actually, I think there are some things uh, from the legal front that are that are really quite interesting um, and and sort of highlight the jeopardy of, you know, being indicted on 93 different counts in different jurisdictions for different things. Yeah. Not only do you have all these other co-conspirators who can flip and kind of tell the truth in different ways, but you find yourself in a position where you have to lie in different ways or lying in different ways is advantageous for different right. cases. Right. So it's like in you know in Colorado Trump argued I never I never swore to uphold the Constitution. Wait, what? Um, or I was not a federal officer. I was there the day that all happened. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, nobody was there the day that happened. <laughs> it was pretty empty in the mall. But, but like, you know, in Colorado, he argued, I'm not a federal, o- I was not a federal officer. Yeah. Which is what is kind of written into that amendment. Yeah. But in New York... When he was being sued by Eugene Carroll, he said, you can't sue me because I was a federal officer. Right. And we see those contradictions other places. And I think most notably in a contrast between Georgia and D.C., where you could start to see in D.C. how his defense is starting to come together. And one of those things was like, oh, I truly I I couldn't have committed a crime because I believed that there was outcome determinative uh, election interference and it was stolen. Yeah. But in Georgia, they're already saying, well, we've got to drop the case because this is all free speech. Like, yeah, I lied, but that's okay. I can lie. It's right. free speech. <laughs> so which which is it? Right. Uh, and, and here's the other one that just, honestly, it, it blew my fucking mind. It blew my fucking mind. I don't remember that. <laughs> that it looks like part of his defense is going to be that even if the people at the Capitol were rioting, he wasn't responsible for it because it was outside interference that caused the rioting. It was essentially social media hacking and all of the things that we talked about around 2016 and just influence from outside parties doing that. And, of course, uh, it was China. Of course. No, 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 no. Venezuela. No, wait. No, 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 no. no. It was Russia. Oh. So suddenly, Russian interference is a thing. (laughs) Of course it is. So he's saying that in 2020, there was no Russian interference. They didn't try to help you at all. No, 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 no. But now he's going to say that Russia tried to intervene to keep him as president. Why would they do that? Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Shake my damn head. Uh, yeah. 
Shake exactly. my damn head. Uh, do you want to take a quick break? And then wrap. Uh, get I, the I just of this? let me just do Florida real quickly. Do Florida, and then I've got to refill my beer. Don't, well, don't do Florida. Look, this that. is going to be. Get, get this is gonna, yeah, you'll to get. You. That's there isn't enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so the big story out of Florida, other than the Grand Theft Auto Six trailer. <laughs> that's right. Glenn, Grand Theft Auto Six, Florida woman. <laughs> my God. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. And then watch the mashups where you see the actual news events where they took some of those things from. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Oh my. Um, it is Florida Man Simulator is really what it is. <laughs> so the head of the GOP in Florida, which you'd assume is a fine, upstanding citizen. I mean, his name is Christian. Um, he has been accused of rape. Um, and you go like, oh, okay, yeah, that doesn't seem too surprising in the land of Matt Gates. Um, but the circumstances around this are are really fascinating and, you know, um, disturbing. And so, like, if, if this is a triggering thing, you know, skip ahead or, yeah, skip ahead a couple of minutes. And the thing is, he had, uh, he and his wife had uh, previously had a relationship with another woman and they'd had a, a, a threesome or two and and no judgment. Good, good on you. Fine. A sixsome. Yeah. Who it's cares? Threesome times um, two. But he, they they were trying to arrange it again. And at the last minute, <clears throat> uh, upcoming pun attended, intended, uh, his wife pulled out, said she didn't want to do it. Don't know why. And so yeah. the other person, the third party said like, well, no, I'm not down for this. This is, the, I'm not, I'm not down. And uh, her claim is that after saying this is not going to happen, she went to leave her house and he was waiting for her, had come over to her house, pushed her back into her apartment and raped her, recording it on his phone. Um, and, you know, just doing it, yeah. you know, with impunity. Um, now, he's, of course, said it was consensual, and um, but it, he also tried to delete things from his phone and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the fine, outstanding folks in the Republican Party are standing up and saying, well, maybe he should take a break from politics. Um, and it's terrible. I mean, he just seems like a terrible human and all of those things. And not for the threesome part, for the rape part, to be clear. Now, here's the other part of this in the, the sort of only in Florida plot twist. Um, his wife is uh, also a high-level political person in the Republican Party. Um, she is on a school board. Okay. She was appointed by Ron, the big heel, putting fingers to Santis, uh, to be on the Disney Oversight Board. Um, and then most notably, she's like one of the founders of Moms for Liberty, which mm-hmm. is a virulently anti-LGBTQ group. They like banning the books, et cetera, et cetera. They're quite horrible. And I assure you that um, any kind of threesome, because by their definition, there are only two genders, and so there's going to be some homosexual contact in that. Yes. Is uh, antithetical to God's word and God's mission. And this is just... You Depends know, on which part of the Bible you're reading, but go on. Yeah, <laughs> but this is just what we have to keep in mind about the 
the just incredible well, yeah hypocrisy and and I I can only think just I can't say it any any better than just meanness like just hurting people because they're easy to hurt yeah um thinking that you're above it and I I, I just I hope nobody goes to Florida um. And if they do, they're... I, I, yeah. I, I, I have historically gone to Florida. I, I have to say it is fairly low on my list of places to go to uh, of late. So, yeah. All right, yeah. well. Let's take a small break. Let's take a small break. Uh, <sighs> after that, we'll get back. We'll talk a little bit about international breathe, news. Take a long we'll sigh if you need to. Yeah, the, the uplifting news Perhaps, internationally. Uh, pick one of your favorite beers. Maybe we'll come back and talk about beer. Yeah, we will. We, we will indeed. All right. Be right back. <laughs> You know, I just picked up smoking this week. I Decided to start uh, smoking liberally. Smoking, draft draft smoking, smoking, I don't know. I did not actually decide to start that. No. no Going on. So anyhow. Uh, so where we're at. We're at Beguile. Talking about some uplifting stuff, as we always do on this humor-filled podcast. Uh, let's talk beer. Let's talk beer. Um, we are today at... Beguile Brewing. Um, something I think it's worth calling out is, you know, we've talked about some of the breweries that have been struggling and all of that. Um, one of the things they have here is a community-supported uh, brewing uh, operation. So and I love you, it. You become a member and you get discounts on the beer that you buy here. And so uh, somebody to consider if you're thinking, hey, I want to keep uh, some small brewers, uh, help them uh, get through some of these leaner times. Uh, that might be something that would be worth doing. Also, their beer is fantastic. I'm currently drinking their Christmas ale, which is one of my favorite Christmas ales. My God, um, that was so good. It's so good. Um, this one and uh, Great Lakes does an excellent Christmas ale. Those are kind of my two favorites. Um, and then before that, I had the Imperial Pajamas, which is a barrel-aged version of pajamas. Um, and that is also delicious. Uh, they're all on the higher octane end of things, which in the dark days of Chicago winter, <laughs> highly recommend. I, yeah, and just one thing about that—the community-supported brewing. I look, I, I think it's so cool that they do it, uh, and you can only buy it in I think December and I don't know. I'm, let's say June, right? Um, so you can only buy them twice a year. They have pr- a pricing which is essentially based on getting a growler fill every month, right, yeah. or two. And it's like $90 for six months, 165 Yeah, and you can specify, year. do you want four crawlers or two crawlers or two growlers? And, you know, and there's different price points for all of this. I, I mean, it's super cool. Um, I don't even know how I don't have one. What the hell's wrong with me? I apologize. So, if you want to uh, get me some for Christmas, there you go. That's the one. Um, I, uh, I started with that Christmas sale as well, and I loved it. I was shocking... It was shockingly good. Um, not that they don't make great stuff here. It's just not usually my jam. I just saw it. I wanted something a little different. I, I highly recommend it. I'm going to get a crawler of it on the way out um, just to, to sip on. Really, really good. And I've uh, I've moved into uh, the Hop Hazardly, um, which is a, you know, a Simcoe Citra Hop, you know, piney IPA. And it's it's great. It's like, I could drink this all day. Um, I, I, I will say this about everything that they have at Beguile. They have always done really good ales. Um, 
they've kind of messed around, done some good collaborations. Freebirds, a really good collab. Um, they've gotten into some of those smaller ABVs. So they got a micro pixel, which is only 3.8. Um, I, I think that's really nice. I'm um, really good to, to get, much like the microvolt uh, that you can still get at Metropolitan. Uh, and I, I still have some of that at home. Um, but they just do their thing. They do it really well. Um, they're really friendly here. And they have a machine that fills the growler in a pressurized environment. And my God, is that thing cool. It is very cool. It's like this huge device, and you put it in there, and it just, I, I, yes, yes. I've never seen it anyplace else, but Beguile. And this is uh, one of the, with the breweries here on Ravenswood, uh, just, uh, just near Irving Park Road. Uh, so come on by, and if you have a couple here and you're like, I'd like some German-style beers, it's literally steps away yep, uh, yep. from our friends up there at Dovetail. Great. Cool. International. All right. And Middle was, East. Uh, and I literally just became a member while, D, while EJ was telling all that because I knew I should do that, and I finally got around to doing that. I got the one growler plan every six months. Not a bad deal. Anyhow, nice. what are we doing? Well, Talk look at that. International. International. Okay. We're not talking about um, the We're, we're not, not going to talk about, about the thing. thing. Um, I've talked a lot about the thing. And I'm a little exhausted. And, and, and it's important to talk about the thing. But I'm not going to talk about the thing here. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's nothing humorous about it. There are no good answers. Yep. Um, it's a lot of complicated shit. Yes. All right. Um, cool. We talked about the thing, but not talking about the thing. Venezuela. Uh, but well, let me say this about oh, yeah, the ahead. thing that we're not All talking right, we're about. Gonna talk, we're not talking about it, though. I do think that that when this settles out, Netanyahu is finally going to be gone. And that has been one of the things we've talked about consistently on the podcast is yes. Israeli politics because I find it fascinating. And uh, people like Benny Gantz, who's an opposition member, is he is consolidating a lot of power behind him. Yeah. And <coughs> the moment that it makes sense... That government is going to fall hard, yeah. and 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 where I've had many heavy and and complicated conversations over the last week or so, uh, universally we're all like, "Cool, that guy needs to go." So there's that. It is true. All right. Uh, so Venezuela, you know, Venezuela, and, and let's talk about a place where really they understand the meaning of democracy. Um, and uh, President Maduro, who is facing a a, a big challenge in. Uh, upcoming elections held a referendum sort of a primary referendum on you know again in the spirit of democracy taking over another country yes so it was essentially he framed this as an anti-imperialism vote (laughs) I I just love a uh, it's look this is the best kind of democracy it's anti-imperialist we're going to vote to take over a part of another country Okay. Okay. Um, and the other country is Guyana, uh, uh, a, a part of the a region called Escobido, uh, Esquibo, Esequibo, Esequibo, Esequibo. That's, that's uh, my guess for like my lack of Spanish, but yeah, yes. Esequibo. I'm going to say Esequibo, um, which you know has been somewhat in dispute for a long time. But essentially, they said, like, oh, yeah, we'll just take it over. We'll just make it a state of uh, Venezuela. We'll get, man, give them all citizenship, and we'll take all the uh, oil that's there because there's oil there. That's okay. That's obviously why they want to take it. Uh, I feel like that's why everybody takes over things because of the oil. And I, I, just, I just think about, like, 
I want to be in the room where they were having the discussion to have that vote. Okay. Because, hey, we should vote on some stuff. What do you want to vote on? Let's vote on taking over part of another country. And it passed overwhelmingly. Yes. Not surprisingly. Now, you know. Can Illinois vote to take over Wyoming and sort of fix our whole politics thing? Uh, it's not contiguous. That's the problem. Oh, it has to be contiguous. Okay. I yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I remember talking, <laughs> talking to the folks at, uh, at uh, the Warlords for Pritzker. What's the... <laughs> <laughs> Pritzker for Cod. We've got to go through Cod. Iowa. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking of that same thing. Yeah, like, yeah we've got to go through our Iowa previous first. podcast. We talk about our uh, yeah, exactly our great benevolent overlord, nomadic nomadic warlords for for Pritzker. For <laughs> Pritzker. So, <laughs> uh, I, and what I also found fascinating were the takes where people were like, uh, "Well, this vote is largely symbolic because it would have to be a constitutional amendment." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, guys, <laughs> hold on." No, <laughs> that's not the part that <laughs> largely symbolic. No, largely symbolic because it's insane. Yeah. And also, you can't just vote to take over another country. You can't. I think you can. It <laughs> just doesn't mean it. It yeah. means anything. Yeah. Uh, uh. Anyhow. And the other funny thing is they're like, this is also in front of the International Criminal Court that the Venezuelan government doesn't recognize anyway. So who does, what does that matter? All right. If there is something we know here in the United States is that if parties in a lawsuit don't care about the law or the court, it doesn't stop them from doing anything. True. Very true. Uh, so let's talk Chicago. Yeah. Because we got stuff, man. Um, so stuff number one. Um, as uh, people may or may not know, you know, we have had a number of, uh, not, not a number, a, a huge number of uh, migrants bust here from uh, border states uh, without any plan, you know, uh, not a, a, a reasonable redistribution of people, which I think is actually yes. fair and a good idea. I don't think the burden should all be on southern states. Uh, but, but at just the same time, it's basically trolling in. Yeah, in, yeah it's just dropping yeah. people off, putting them in buses, trafficking them, trafficking yeah, yeah. them up here. And look, We've not done a good job with this. The city has not yeah, done a good job. Yeah, and if you if you walk around Chicago, you will see Venezuelan migrants here who are trying to find a better life. Who are, you know, currently it's the weather's getting cold here in Chicago, which is not a problem so much in Texas and Florida. Um, and so this is something that we've got to figure out and fairly quickly because you need. Pro like you can get away without proper housing in the summer here, yeah. but in the winter, not so much. Yeah, and, you know, for a while, folks were living in police stations. And, you know, for me, the one that's closest to my house, they've just, they packed everybody up. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to take you to a tent city that we're going to build. Um, and, you know, hired a company to do that. And really, this feels like a terrible, terrible idea. And well, the state, though, has yeah. now put the kibosh on that. So, so... In theory, the notion of, okay, here is some land that is not being used. Let's build some tents. Let's set it up so that those tents are going to be sufficient to hold up against a Chicago winter and get the people in there, and that provides yeah. them some shelter. Like, that, as I described it, is perfectly reasonable. The problem is the place where they were going to do this, well, I, I don't, so a few things. One is the people who lived in that area had some objections to this, which... Yep. 
you know, uh, some of that, you mean, I mean, some of that could be a, a sort of a NIMBY vibe, but some of it is like where are the resources going, who's getting what, and, and how are these people going to be surviving in, around the area without, you know, give or take the tents. But the tents themselves were going to be on land that was contaminated. Yeah. Like, like, it was an area where there had been it was manufacturing, a zinc, zinc smelting site. Yeah, a zinc smelting site. Um, uh, by the way, good name for a band. Yes, the zinc smelters. <laughs> um, and so the city's like, oh, okay, we're going to do some remediation. They're going to they're going to move away some of the dirt that's con- most contaminated. With and they're very much explicitly saying it's sufficient for temporary housing. And that just makes my skin crawl because, like, you know that's not what's going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. And the state Soft-sided exterior temporary housing. Yes. And the state, uh, recognizing that this whole thing was a mess, said no to it. Pritzker now, for con. this leads to the weird issue, though, that, like, okay, well, so now that's not happening. So where is this going? Because they need to be housed somewhere. And there's been some efforts to use, like, an unoccupied former jewel location or like various things like that. But like the people need places to live. And I I, I will say it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you will see this every day. Like I said, if you walk around and it's heartbreaking because it's like, I don't know what to do to fix it. Yeah. And I'm really disappointed with how, Johnson's administration has dealt with this and makes me very concerned about where this is going with his administration for the next few years. And I'm not saying this is an easy, easy no. thing to solve, to be clear. It's I mean, very inevitably, if you're going to take a bunch of people who are effectively homeless and stick them in an area, somebody's going to raise a fuss about it. And but, but also, this, yeah. this is a thing that should have been anticipated as one of our p- biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it feels and a like little bit of planning and organizing and trying to a lot of trying to work with communities yeah. to figure out like where can we put people, trying to find some way to maybe work with like okay, some variation on section. I don't, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I'm also not the mayor. It's true, it's true. And I can throw out lots of ideas, but you know, but it um, does feel to me like there is. A bit of flailing, right? Yeah. You know, trying to find anything, throw money at the problem that we don't have. Yeah. Hoping the federal government's going to help. Um, and, you know, caught in the middle are, you know, caught in the middle are the, the migrants themselves. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, you, know, and, some, you know, and it's, and uh, I feel for them because, like, they're just in a position of trying to have a better life. Yeah. They're not. They're not here to try to take our resources and da 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 and like it's it's just frustrating. I don't know. I I wish I had better things to say. I feel like I need to crack a joke right now, but I don't have any good jokes because this is all a bummer. I got one for you. Oh, good. They're just trying to seek a better life, like Ted Cruz during a cold snap. Oh, there we go. Good, good callback. There you go. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you like that one? Yeah, like, especially like since it's been a little colder lately. Not not like super cold. No, like but by by Chicago winter standards. But when you said out, like, well, it doesn't matter like the weather. You know, it's not like the weather matters in Texas. Well, it does matter in Texas. Right. If it gets down to forty degrees, then Ted the Cruz whole grid go. shuts down. Yeah, he yeah. has to. Yeah, there he go. has to. 
He has to be an asylum seeker. And you, you know what would lift my heart and get me out of this like bit of depression that I've just landed myself in? Is a good investigation of city corruption story. Oh, well, you know what? It just so happens, sir, that I have that for oh, you. fantastic. Please tell me. Yes, our favorite... Turn my frown upside, upside down. down. My favorite hat-wearing former alderman, Ed Burke. Uh, if you don't know, I mean, he has been on trial now for corruption for quite some time. The prosecution is just about to rest. Ed Burke was a longtime alderman and the kind of guy who really epitomized the patronage system in Chicago and the system that was set up to breed people like Ed Burke, uh, who, by the way, his wife was on the Supreme Court of Illinois. Um, but it was set up to, to breed, that sounds right. <laughs> to breed people who are going to consolidate power in the area that they run. Yeah. And Ed Burke had two primary sources of income. Source one, uh, being an alderman. Source two, owning a property tax appeal <coughs> law firm. Yeah. And property tax appeal law firms are a very Chicago thing. Uh, maybe it happens other places, but every time your property is assessed value you can appeal that value uh, and you get a lawyer to do that typically you don't need a lawyer you could do it yourself and it goes through a whole process uh, and happy to talk through that process at some point but you really don't want me to yeah but it's a long time kind of grift here in the city you know the folks who are representing businesses and have close ties with the politicians in the end who are doing the reviews of the appeals of assessments for property. So, you know, if you are a homeowner and your property is assessed for $500,000 and they calculate your tax percentage, you can say like, no, that, that assessment's too high. And eventually that appeal could go to an elected group of officials, which means these are people who have campaigns to run, who can take donations. And the biggest donators to those were the firms who do the appeals. And Ed Burke ran one of those. And there's long been talk about you know, him essentially playing those two sides off against one another. And it has been an amazing trial. We've learned all these crazy things. Like quotes and recordings of him saying, like, I would like to land a big tuna, which I guess <laughs> is the big fish. Right. Meaning the developer who is redeveloping the old post office here in Chicago, which is uh, which is an amazing building in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but then there was the case that kind of broke this all was, and we've talked about it here before, uh, some folks from Texas owned a bunch of Burger Kings in Chicago. Yes. And, uh, and this is, uh, one of these Burger Kings was the site of a police shooting, which is, you know, I know you want. We're gonna ter- keep your frown up, not <laughs> upside down. But uh, so we won't talk about the details. Kind of that, a but like, sideways frown. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like geez, what how did we get back to representing that? this? Um, so they wanted to remodel that, and they needed some permits yeah. put through, and that goes through the alderman's office. And there is this amazing exchange where. Essentially, he's saying to a representative of the company, yeah, yeah, permits, yeah, permits. Hey, so anyway, 
we were going to talk about our law firm representing you for tax-based issues, right? So then you could have someone call my office to see about maybe getting those permits expedited. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even good criming. Right, right, it right. It was pretty bad criming. Yeah. And we've heard all it's of these quotes. It's not quite fucking golden, but it's awfully uh, fucking close. Uh, well, it's because he was on the city council, not the governor's office. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you, you, you play up. You get up in the, you, the big game. You get better sound bites. Yeah. But it is, it is just such a perfect encapsulation of all of the bad things that people say about Chicago politics. And when you were talking before about Project 2025 and, like, setting ourselves up for bad things, like, all of this is the outcome of politically driven appointments to the services that people need yeah. to just live their lives. Um, so it's hilarious. He's guilty as as all get out. Oh, yeah. He's going to be found guilty. Um, I guess he's going to put a defense on over the next week. But I think before the new year, we're going to find Ed Burke guilty of federal crimes. Neat. Neat. My frown has been turned upside down at that well, mere thought. Uh, so I think that uh, wraps us up, everybody. Uh, I hope you guys are getting through your, your winter months uh, okay. I suspect by the time we next podcast, we'll be on the other side of the solstice and we'll be uh, heading towards brighter days. Brighter both, days. Both literally and hopefully metaphorically. Exactly. Brighter days like the end of Donald Trump's uh, civil trial in New York, which should have closing arguments in January. Nice. Um, the Look start of the jury d- selection in December and January for the March trial date. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff like that. All right. All right, thanks, y'all. Stay warm, support your local brewery, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right, take care. Bye-bye.